Y'all, but I won't interrupt the Holy Spirit. You let him have his way. God is good. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I lost my paper and was looking for it back in the office and thinking I had to rush back in here and God said, I got you covered. <laughs> That's right. God is good. That's when you get that anointing, that Holy Ghost. Your son, I love to see men shout. Yeah, yeah. All right, last week we were talking about, I'm a type of teacher that thinks that the Bible, I'm not a history guy. I don't think that you can read the Bible as history, and some people read it and study it for different other reasons. But I've always thought that it was a temp commentary of life, and it would teach us how to live uh, our life, our Christian walk. And it's a strange thing, no matter Old Testament or New Testament, you can go back and everything that's in the Old Testament or the New Testament is happening today. That's right. And so what we want to do here at Christ Temple North is we want to be Christian people who walk it, not just talk it, but we want to live it. And so remember last week, and we'll probably have to go through the third one, uh, last week we talked about the things that would hinder us from our spiritual growth. And we talked about spiritual fat, stuff like that, and, and a, a lot of different things. And uh, there are some things that we need to clean up. And uh, uh, there are just things that we need to clean up. And the church ought to not be ashamed. I'm going to let you read that. You was going to read last Sunday. I cut you off over there in Galatians. Uh, we, uh, we, there are some things, every one of us in here, there are some things you need to clean up. That's right. And That's see, right. Uh, because the, you, when, and you remember I talked about uh, runners, and when he talks about it in Hebrews, he talks about a runner. Because, you know, Paul loves sports. And, there, and all sports, uh, just about all sports, of course, somebody's going to say football would be the only one. Everybody has to take off their warm-ups. That's right. They take off their warm-ups, and they strip down. They don't want extra weight. Right? You see, uh, there's a, I, I used to, you know, I'm talking boxing, getting you in the groove here, boxing. My favorite person, two people that would come in the, the ring was Muhammad Ali. And he'd be all dressed up with a nice robe. That's right. And, yeah, and one of the people to know, Elvis Presley gave him, right? And had all that. Then my other one was Mike. Mike didn't have nothing on. When he come up here with some shorts, he didn't even have socks on. And he was, y'all remember Mike? Mike had stripped me, because he was ready. He didn't want to warm up, nothing. He was ready to go. Yes, sir. And see, so we're going to be Mike. That's right. That's right. You see, we're going to strip off anything that hinders us from our growth. All right, all right. You see, and, and when, you, when you see people, there's so much stuff going on now that you, you don't even have to preach hard. If you read, if you can't read, just turn your TV on, turn the news on. Somebody asked me once, 
I said, have you ever seen anything like what's going on now? I said, I ain't never heard of some of the stuff like what's going on now. Well, it's because look at the Christianity, people attending church is just shrinking. Who's behind that? You know, I've told y'all before that Satan has taken Sunday and made it the new Saturday. That's right. Because there are things that people used to do on Saturday now, they do on Sunday, right? And, and, and it's amazing, even in this church, uh, you, but you, you guys can handle it, a lot of the kids in here, sometimes I see that the families are gone. Well, they got somebody at a soccer game. Yeah, y'all say amen. Because uh, yeah, yeah, some of us sitting in here, so you know, you, know uh, you can't get mad at the truth. And, uh, but, and now someone asked me about it, and I'm a sports guy, but I was saying is now, this, when next time something happens to your child, and that child is laid out there called a soccer god. You see? It's a trick of the devil. Yes, sir. We bring COVID on folks, live stream and all this, that people don't come to church. Now, we bless those people. We have a lot of people I'm out of town that's on our live stream. They financially support us. They do a good job. And there's some other reasons. But some of you all that's listening to me are just making it comfortable for you. You need to get back up in here and fellowship like Christ said you do that. All right. So, but we need to clean up some things, and sometimes we need to quit being embarrassed in church. You know, you know, we need to quit being embarrassed. The same thing, and get right down to the nitty gritty of this thing. And in Galatians five and nineteen tells us some things that we need to lay aside. And one of the things that upsets me when I'm in church is, and I saw it last Sunday, some of the faces that some of the people were looking at me like they were angry because that's the way they lived. Listen to me. You made mistakes. Your children ought not make the same ones. That's right. That's right. Right? Your grandchildren ought not make the same ones. You know why a lot of them do? It's because we hide it. Right. We need to tell them exactly what we've done and exactly how it affected our lives and exactly how it stole from us in our lives and teach them that, you know, you don't want to be like mama. You don't want to be like daddy. You don't want to go through what daddy went through. You don't want to go through what mama went through because they may look at you now and you need to tell them the truth. The person you see now wasn't the person that was yesterday. You see what I'm saying? We need to deal with that. And so there's some, and there are some things, that, and now let me tell you all something, because I'm a life lesson guy. There used to be a time when the message that I'm giving today was for adults. You got to start at seventh and eighth graders now. They're doing adult things now. Right. They got adult temptations now, right? You've seen a six-year-old going to class in the room and shoot a teacher. You see, so we, we got to get with it. So Galatians 5, 19 and 21, we've done some of those others, but in case somebody didn't find themselves and thought they were above themselves, you know, I'd like for all of us to feel comfortable. That's right. That's right. You see, we're, we're, we all fighting sins, just different sins, all right? That's right. Here we go. So church, these are the things, that spiritual fat that we need to strip off. And it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. The acts of the what? Flesh. The flesh are, are obvious. obvious. All right. Sexual immorality. And we know that is huge, huge. I was looking at when you read the Bible, they talk about adultery, and that's tough. When some people say, well, I'm, well I, I would never have adultery, and then Jesus came along and said, but if you look and it's in your heart, you've committed it. So that, clean, that, that wipes out a whole bunch of folks. That's right. Come on. That's right. right. 
Then it talks about impurity and debauchery, okay. idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord. Now we got some, hatred is just going. Everybody's got a reason to hate somebody else. That's right. You see, and you see it all around, like this thing with the the Jews. Now back up again, hating the Jews. It was the Asian. It was just anybody. We find some people we hate That's right. and discord. And jealousy. Fits of rage. Fits of rage. And we see that all over the place. Fits of rage. All of this going on. This going, look at how this abuse, domestic violence that's going on in homes. Fits of rage against adults and against children. That's right. All right? So the Bible is trying to tell us to take a look at what's really going on around and face it. All right? Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. And you know, uh, a selfish ambition. You're looking at a person who used to love selfish ambition. You see, I wanted to be everything but what God called me to be. Amen. But it was ambition. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's selfish ambition. Do you know why some of you are not where you should be today? Is because somebody's selfish ambition has raised the price so high that you can't even get your medication. Generic, is that what they call it? Generic when you can't get the real thing? Right. Because of selfish ambition. Do you know why so many households are starving? Because maybe the person that's supposed to have the head of the house and do it right has selfish ambition, and he's living higher than his wife and his children. That's Teach. selfish ambition. Teach. Spending his money maybe on things so he can look good around the, the other workers. Teach. Or she. Are you with me? Yes. Selfish ambition. You see? And I remember... The, the, the last time I really got hurt doing something crazy. You see, selfish ambition. I, I was running with some of the athletes and we were doing heels. And you know, I do heels all the time. I started hopping around like a bunny. When them calves got tightened up and them hamstrings tightened up, I'm a coach, not a runner. What made me do that? Selfish ambition. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's right. Okay. Dissensions, factions. Dis, let's, let's deal with this dissensions. How much in your household? Are you in here? How much dissension is going on in your household? Mm. How much dissension are you taking to the job? How much dissension are other people causing you hard times on your job? These are just facts of life that the Bible's given us, all right? You love me still. All right. And usually those lead to factions and envy. And envy. Envy is never envy another person. That's right. Because you ever look at somebody's house and you see that house and you envy that person because you look at that house but you don't know what's going on in there. That's right. That's right. Do you understand that? You, you, oh, you're getting it, right? Then it talks about drunkenness. We know drunkenness is crazy. Orgies. Orgies, we know that's crazy. And the like. And so he thought for, that's where everybody died missed. And the like. So, if, yeah, yeah, that's for the folks in here. Say, well, I ain't none of them. And then he said, okay, let me clean that up. And the like. All right? And so I wanted to make sure that we got it because one thing about it, when I stand before God, he'll get me for a lot of things. But he will not forget me for not telling the truth up here. So I thought I would do it from the message so that in case you didn't get it, the message can give you another perspective of it and you can find yourself. All right, here we go. It's pretty clear, church. Okay, here we go. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. Whoa. That's what the message don't be all. 
What's this? I didn't write it, right here. Competitive, loveless, cheap sex. And that's from the message, the gospel, the message. He calls himself a biblical uh, interpreter. So because he knew somebody wouldn't listen to the King James or maybe the NIV, so he said, let me get it clear. All right, then the next one. Stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. A hoarder. Some people are hoarders, not in their home, but in their head. That's right. Come on. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I love it when people are uncomfortable. That just makes me so happy. All right. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Yep. Grab anything to make them say happy. And that thing's a, what does happiness do for you? It's a temporary thing. Happiness is what people do is happenings. How long does that last? Temporary. All right? Trinket gods. Yeah. Magic show religion. Whoa. Paranoid loneliness. Paranoid what? Loneliness. Paranoid loneliness. The worst place to do is get by yourself and let that devil tell you you're lonely. When Jesus says, lo, and I'll always be with you. Let me tell you something. When somebody tells me that they're lonely and nobody cares about them, and say, you're going to tell me that there are billions of people, billions of people on earth, Christians, and you can't talk to none of them. So we know who's got the problem. Right? Isn't that right? I got some people in here that I call up and we talk about sports. Right. You see? Some right. I call up talk about biblical things. Right. Some I call up and ask for prayer. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can be lonely. Y'all love me? Sure. How can I be lonely? Y'all got a shepherd, that's me. That's How right. can you be lonely? You got a first lady, that's right. you be lonely. But see, the devil will tell you, you need somebody. And then guess what he'll do? He'll give you somebody. somebody. <laughs> all right, keep, keep going. Right. And all you getting, you know I'm going to say it. And all you're getting is a body. All right, keep going before I get in trouble. Cutthroat competition. Cutthroat competition. That is really just silly. Is anybody competitive? Some of you guys work on, and and ladies work on jobs where they compete with who's got the biggest car, the best car, the biggest house, the most savings, the best retirement. Some, and pass away and somebody else use it. Right? Go ahead, go ahead with it. All, All right. consuming yet never satisfied once. Because it's stuff. You can never be satisfied with stuff. I'll tell some of you that some of you young people in here, you see, if somebody comes to you, your parents ain't told you this, but I tell you, and they say they satisfy you, you get rid of them because you want them in your life when they're already satisfied. That's right. That's right. Adults, too. You see? You understand? Yeah, because if somebody, because y'all didn't give me what I wanted, if somebody's not unsatisfied, they're telling you you satisfy them, they're saying that you're going to make them happy, and that's a temporary thing. You see? But if they satisfied, you satisfied, you're good. Because you're not putting on something on them or something, them something on you to get them to feel better about themselves. Do you understand? You see, uh, my wife takes way, way, way too much time for me looking in that mirror. 
she'll come in sometimes and she'll say, John, do you think I need to do my hair, wash my hair? And yes or no, I don't know why she does that. I'll say, no, it looks good. I think I'm going to wash it anyway. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't dare say yes. <laughs> yeah, but you see where I'm coming from. She has to be satisfied about herself. That's right. You see? You see, because an unsatisfied person is going to make you unsatisfied. That's right. You spend your life and more than that trying to satisfy. That'll never, never work. All right? A brutal temper. We know what that leads to. Divided homes and divided lives. Divided what? Homes and divided lives. What does Satan hate the most? Ask, say what, Pastor? Marriage. He hates marriage. Why does he hate marriage? What is the first institution that God put in the scripture? Marriage. And Satan hates marriage. Who does Christ compare himself to? The bride, bride, the bride and the groom. Who are we? Who is he? That's a marriage. He hates it. That's right. All right? Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. And we all know what those are, uncontrollable addictions. And that can be TV. That can be, that can be the food. That can be anything, any controllable addiction. So you're learning something? We here want to get it right. We want to get it right. Now, and we get out early enough here that you can go someplace and have a good time. Sister Gwen and I left church, this is true, Sunday. I went by and saw my old friend, Brem Jackson, there and talked with him. And then I left there and went to the church I came out of and talked with them. All them folks are still in church. <laughs> Isn't that true? That's, that's a fact. So see, so you want to come here and get the lesson or the whipping and go someplace else and you feel good about yourself. Go ahead. All right. So again, church, we're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 2. Let's go to. So first of all, when we strip all this off, it says, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. With what? Passion and determination. We're going to run it with passion and determination because that's what we're called to do. That's right. And it's, it's life a marathon. Yes. Or is it a sprint? It's a marathon. It's a marathon. But we're told that we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. He, he dressed us up with what? Faith. Let me tell you how I dress up. So some of y'all need to learn to start dressing up like I dress up. Be careful. Be careful is a trick. Some of you are not dressed like your pastor dresses up. Your pastor gets up in the morning, he takes a shower, and after he takes a shower, he puts his faith clothes on. That's right. Then he dresses up. That's right. He puts his faith clothes on for him. That's right. Huh? Then he puts his for y'all. Get up in the morning, talk to your father. That you shower the word and say, Holy Spirit, dress me. That's right. Help me to put my faith clothes right. on today. Yeah. 
because I'm going to be I'm going to be clothed with faith today because something's going to come up that I'm going to need faith to get through it, the situation and the circumstance. So you do not. So from now on, from now, everybody in this church, everybody, the sound of my voice, every morning you get up, you put your faith clothes on because you're going to need faith to go to work. You're definitely going to need faith. And then the knuckleheads right. got to deal with you. Got, and if you do that, if you do that first, you'll have a good day. Are you with me? You're learning something. All right? He says his example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross. Isn't that something? He was excited knowing that Johnny Fields was going to be his. He was willing to die for him. Yes. Repeat after me. Christ was so excited. Christ was so excited. About me. About me. He died for me. He died for me. So I could be. So I could be. His. His. Give God a hand clap. That's right. All right. Here we go. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. And the thing I like about that, they, they, all the things that they've done to Christ, they talked about him, spit on him, beat him, and done everything, but he, he went right through all of that stuff. He conquered humiliation, and now he's sitting at the throne of God. Let me tell you something. They can't do nothing to you because he's already taken care of it. That's right. That's right. He's already taken care of that. How can somebody humiliate you? Well. I'm going to do street a minute, okay? How can somebody... Humiliate you. Who's your daddy? That's right. Who's your father? Who are you? Who are you? Don't you know who you are? How can a human being, huh, humiliate you and you a child of God? What's wrong with you? You see what I'm saying? He done took all that out. That's right. You ought to laugh at somebody when they try to humiliate you. And they say, What you laughing about? I say, What you try to throw on me, Christ's already taken it. All right, are you with me? Okay. In verse 3, he says, So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners. From who? From sinners. Uh -huh. Opposition from who? Sinners. So that's who you're dealing with. they sinners. Come on. All right? Who because if they weren't sinners, they'd know who you are. That's right. And they'd treat you like you're supposed to be treated. All right? It says, Sinners who oppose their own souls. Hmm. So you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. We don't get worn down and cave in under life's pressures. Not like them. Because what? We have our faith clothes on. You see, Satan can't throw nothing at you when you got your faith clothes on. You can dodge all those darks. Right? All right. He says, after all, in verse 4, you have not reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. So he's, talk, he's talking about what Christ done for us. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? Hmm. He said, my children, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God. He said, children, my children, don't underestimate. God loves you. That's why he disciplines you. I've been put in places in my life that I didn't like being there. But it disciplined me. And if you've never been disciplined, if you had a good parent, say good parent. 
good parent. If you've had a good parent and a good God parent that really loves you, a good father that loves you, because he's going to use father and mother, that loves you, and they, they ain't disciplined you, hmm. that ain't a good parent. That's right. Okay? Then he okay. says, don't get depressed when he has to correct you. Don't get depressed when he has to correct you. Why are you getting depressed? It is better for God to correct you than to get depressed from him not. You see? It was better for the parent to discipline the child and the child not go where they shouldn't go. And then while that child was at home, heard about what happened if they would have been there. At the time, it didn't sound like a good thing. But when they heard the news, it sounded like it. Some we got some young girls in here. See, when you didn't go and do what the others did, it sounded like a good thing. Can I get wrong? Yes. It sounded like a good thing, and then she calls you up, your girlfriend calls you up and says, Oh God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm pregnant. Come on. Say man, y'all, some of you went through that, right? You see? So, and then you thank God that my parents were so straight that I was here. Because sometimes you don't have the discipline. The young man, I hope nobody's in here, the young man that got shot a few years ago up at Park Hill. You all saw that on the news, right? There were three in the car. You see? One kid got out of the car. The African-American kid got out of the car. The other two kept going and shot and killed a kid. Yes. The kid that was there driving, when the one that was shooting, of course, he got 30 years, 30 years. The other one got life. The one that was taught right got out the car. That's right. That's a good parent. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. You don't need to go tonight. My daughter was here. Marco would tell you one time I told her, you don't need to go. My kids are pretty good about that. If, if uh, Isaac and them, they were really good about this. If I said, eh, I don't feel good, you just good. And she didn't go, and that's when her called little boyfriend, I think it was, was shot and killed. Yeah, she'd been in the car. Are y'all with me? Doesn't sound fun the time when mama's on me. And see, I will give you something, you young people, something to laugh at. You won't know how smart your good parents are until you get older. Right. The older you get, the smarter you find out they are. That's just a fact, you see. All right. We're told in verse 6, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. The way he trains us is his faithful love. He loves us. Okay. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. He's trying to do everything to draw us into him. Okay. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does. That, that for says his loving father. So to some of you all that didn't have good fathers, he's not talking about them guys. He's not talking about your mom, your daddy. He's talking about your loving father. Because you can get in abuse, because a lot of churches put this thing wrong and kids stay around and ladies stay in those abusive relationships. No. Talking about a loving father. That's right. That's a father that has the spirit of Christ. All right? For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Yeah. So, do you ever come in here on some Sundays and get a message? Yeah. 
and, and some of you have, and you call pastor up and say, thank you, God was correcting you. That's right. If he loves you, he's going to correct you. That's right. Just like this message today. There's some folks in here. It's going to correct them. You see? We're told in verse 8, church, we all should welcome God's discipline. Sure enough. As the validation of authentic son or daughtership. So when I know that he is, he is disciplining me, I'm his son. All right? And it's more important to me to be his son than anything. The thing that I'd like for Christ to say about me when it's time to get, make the transition, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. That's right. That should be every human being, That's right. daughter, son. All right? For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. And there are a whole bunch of people that are strangers in the church, and they're not sons and daughters. That's just a fact. Here we go. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? The good ones. Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect right, for Let me God. help you all out with something. There is a thing that, let me come down and help you, okay? So come on down, Pastor. Uh, people use, it says, fathers disciplining. Isn't there a scripture that says, spare the rod, lose the child? That's right. You know what that rod is? Wisdom. It's the rod of wisdom. You go to the doctor's office, don't you? What's that thing they got up there? It's got a staff, it's a rod of healing. And so you all in here, when you spare the rod of wisdom, you lose the child. And child, when you, your children in it, when you don't listen to the rod of wisdom coming from a good parent, you're going to lose your way. That's just a fact. So we got it? So we ain't going to talk about getting beaten up on folks and whipping folks, no. We're talking the worst thing you can ever do is not allow your child to have wisdom and knowledge and understanding. You see, most of us in here, most of us men, I'm teaching some men in two different groups, most of them will all tell you, they call me pops. You know why they call me pops? They never had a pops. What a tragedy. Everybody says, well, it's a blessing you got me. Well, we know that, but it's a tragedy that had to come to me. And these guys are all in their 40s and 50s. So we don't spare the rod. Well, guess what? You can't have wisdom unless you got a teacher. All right. It okay. goes on to say that because of that correction, then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, yes. as we submit to his life-giving discipline. I love his life-giving discipline. Discipline in me. And, and, and I love his life-living discipline in me in every area of my life. Because God saved my life. Right. No, he saved my life. That's right. You know, you all know who Marvin is back there. She cracks me up and said, Johnny, I've been knowing you since I was 17 years old. And I'm glad ain't very few people knew me since I was 17 years old. You see, he literally saved my life. He saved my life. And then I tell people all the time, those that are smart enough will get it, I said, then he gave me a physical salvation. And they said, well, what's a physical salvation? I said, a wife. 
that she led me to the spiritual salvation. That's right. So he actually saved my life. You know? Some of you all don't know it because pastor looks like he's doing all right. And just two days ago, may I still have to do, it's hurting so bad, and, and I thought I was going to have to hit that emergency, emergency room, you know, because, you know, that back cancer thing. And I'm like, wow, I'm hurting pretty bad here. And, uh, and I was, could not even move. She was right there all the time. I'd look up, she was there, listening to every groan and every moan. You know, and if she'd have said, you need to go to the hospital, we're on our way. That's right. So far, she was comfortable. I don't know how I feel after I get out of here from this walking, but, but she'll be right there. Driving. And, and when she's driving, I can't wait till I get to the hospital. I, 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 I thought, I love you. <laughs> right, keep going. Going back to verse 10, it says, our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good. Now, wait a minute. Does he say throughout our lives? Throughout our lives. That means 76, God ain't finished. That's right. I'm still a child in his eyesight. And he's, I need him every day of my life. Amen. And I'm glad that he is still teaching and correcting me in every phase of my life. That's right. You can't get too old to learn, to, to, to learn, okay? Again, church, the Bible says, for our own good. For what? Our own good. Giving us an invitation to share his holiness. And we get a chance to do what? Share his holiness. All right. What scripture am I at? 11. Okay. Now, all discipline seems to be painful at the time. Yes, it does. Yet later, it will produce a transformation of character. I... I and it, it does seem painful at the time, but it, it, it produces character. I, I told Isaac, I said, no matter, he was running for homecoming queen back in the day, king back in the day, and uh, you know, back in the day. And I said, Isaac, no matter what happens, be a gentleman. And of course, he didn't win. Later on, they told him he won but they were afraid to have an African-American, I guess we were African-Americans, an African-American riding around on the football field with a white girl. Come on, y'all, y'all know how this stuff was. The, the, the lesson here was it didn't faze him because his father gave him the rod of wisdom and says, we know you won, you know you won, let, let them have what they have. That's discipline. That's discipline, no crying, no kicking, All right. Again, it says it will produce a transformation of character. A, a what? Transformation of character. Uh huh. I guess that means we got to change. That's it. Bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. And that's what you want peace in your life. Yield to the gospel. Peace in your marriage. Yeah. It is. You want peace right here. That's right. The world doesn't have any answers, people. I'm trying to tell you. The answers are right here. Okay, here we go. There's a key in verse 12. It says, so be made strong even in your weakness. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your entire hands in prayer and worship. That's what prayer and worship is all about. We saw something, thank you, hon. We saw something today. 
It was incredible to watch the Holy Spirit anoint that young man for us to know about. Yeah, and he tells us, and sometimes Isaac, I hope he he reminds him, I know he reminds him, lift up your entire hands in praise and worship. It just drives me nuts when people come in here. Open up your hands and praise God and praise and worship. Because when you, when, when in, in your weakness, by lifting you up, your entire hands in praise and worship and strengthening your weak knees. Anytime that you weak, just start praising and worshiping God. You start praising and worshiping God, he will strengthen your knees. And you'll be able to walk through stuff that you didn't think you'd be able to walk through. He will, I'm telling you, you see, the best praise and worshiper in this church is y'all's pastor. You never see him shouting at I'm jumping so much inside that if, if he wouldn't allow me to be a physical person because y'all think I was church of God in Christ for real. <laughs> you, you see, because, you know, I'm serious, but I'm very emotional, but my emotions are all inside. But I love the praise and worship him. I get up upstairs in my room with that computer and, and look and thinking how good God is to me. Huh? Amen. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? Can I, you ought to have no clue what some people went through. See, in my, when I was young, we had an odd house. Right. Took baths in a tub. Right. Mm. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Planted potatoes, dug potatoes up. Planted potatoes, went out to, you had to go out, hunt to eat. You see? You understand what I'm talking about? I got a shower on every floor. You see what I'm saying? TV in every room. You see? Cabinet full of food. Look at every one of you in here. You in here. You got here. And nobody walked. You see what I'm saying? And you tell me you can't worship God, praise God, lift your hands, and get and strengthen your weak knees. You crazy? Yeah. yeah, somebody, I asked when I got up this morning, my thing is, if I had to be in the emergency room after, it's going to be after this, you know, I said, but I asked Lord to heal my back, heal my back as I do this. If he does that, that's fine. If he doesn't, it's okay because he gave me the strength to praise and worship him and teach right. the gospel right. until I get up out of here. That's right. All right. And you all ought to like it because you got a pastor that you, he goes through. You see, he keeps going through and going through. And he's still standing. Satan is a liar. You see? And let me tell you, if I was Satan, I would leave Johnny Fields alone. Because every time you hit him, he says, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm going to whip him again today. You see? You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So from now on, yes, that, the Holy Spirit was up in here and it moved. Because people lifted up their hands and they praised and they worshiped him. And somebody got strength other than JK because of that. That's right. You understand That's what right. I'm saying? All right. 13. It says in 13, for as you keep walking forward. As you keep God's walking path, what? Forward. I'm going to walk what? Forward. You're going to walk what? Forward. All right. And remember what I've told y'all. Christ tip and North people don't fall down. They fall forward. That's right. All right. You're walking forward on God's path. On whose path? God's path. Yeah. All your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. And all of your stumbling ways will be divine and healed. 
no matter what you go through, how you go through it, you walk in God's path, all your what? I may be stumbling, but what's going to happen? I'm going to be healed. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to come back next week. Y'all want me to finish this? All right, okay, all right. We'll keep going then. Okay, go on down to 14. All right. We're told in every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition. In every relationship, be swift to choose what? Peace over competition. Over competition. And run swiftly toward holiness. And that's what we're going to do. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And I want to see the Lord, so I've got to walk towards holiness. Keep going. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. That's what we're supposed to be, church. Watching over one another. You see, it was my job to go see about my friend. Because he's got a mess he's still going through down there. I don't know how he does it. But he said, boy, I hope it's God and not ambition because he's killing you down here. But I had to go see about him. Go see about my friend. You all ought to have that in here. That's right. Go see if you won't see somebody in a while. Call them. Say, no, yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. And they, when they get to explain, says, no, you, no, 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 you ain't got to explain to me why you ain't. Church, I just ain't seen you in a while. How you doing? Need anything. All right? And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison in the hearts of many. And that's what we want to do. Take away all that poison out of the hearts of people. Now, the sad, the good thing about this message, God doesn't waste a message, does he? That's right. He doesn't waste anything, does he? No. That means some people in here need it. That's right. And some people on that live stream, you need it. All right? In 16, it says, be careful that no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings. Wait a minute, becoming careless about what? God's blessings. That means when God blesses you, don't be what? Careless. It amazes me when people get excited, they get a new home, and, and they be really cleaning up, doing things for about six weeks. <laughs> Careless for God's blessings. That's right. You ever get a new car, that bad boy shining for the first time. The next thing you know, you can plant something on it. Playing faster. <laughs> That's right. And talk about God blessed you. If He blessed you, then you take care of it. Since everybody thinks something's funny, uh, this is this a couple over here. I'm looking. I won't. I won't call y'all out. But I'm looking at you. I love the way you all smile at each other. These couples over here. If God blessed you with her, take care of her. That's right. If God blessed you with him, take care of her. That's right. I can say that. She takes care of me. Sometimes I don't agree. The cabinets look gorgeous. <laughs> and my son saved Went and done everything. I went upstairs, got out of the way. The cabinets looks great. What's that stuff they put on the countertops? Granite. Yeah, granite, yeah. The granite, the granite looks great. It looks wonderful in there. 
The only thing that's kind of low is my bank account, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Because that's the person that's going to take me to the hospital. That's, right. that's the person that's going to be there when I can't find my way. We got some over here. Your couples, treat her. She's God's gift, treat her like she's God's gift. He's God's gift to you, treat him like that. That's right. I know that everybody's ready for me to get up out of here now. That's right. We're almost done. Okay. The Bible gives us this analogy about being careless. He said it's like Esau who traded away his rights as the firstborn for a simple meal. He traded away his rights. That's an Old Testament thing. You can read it because I don't want to go into that, but he... Some people trade away their rights for such a little thing, mm -hmm. for nothing. All right, go ahead, 17. We'll and we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessing, he, he was turned it. away. And he even though it. he begged for it with bitter tears, it was too late then to repent. I don't want that parable there to be too late for me to repent, and I don't want to turn away God's blessings. That's right. I went with married couples, didn't I? I want to go with families. Your mother, your father, mm -hmm. especially mothers, because these fathers, <laughs> yeah, see. Young people, you got a good mama, good daddy, treat them that way. They're going to tell you some things that hurt you, and if they ain't told you some things that hurt you, something's wrong, That's right. but you treat them. It's a blessing. Friends, you got some good friends? God's giving you good friends. Treat them that way. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right.